0: Right, welcome everyone. We're so excited to have you guys here for our webinar Wednesday. Um, today we are starting our Builder of Choice series. Ed and I are very excited about this. This is a concept that Chuck has been talking about probably since he started in the home building industry. So we're really excited to bring this series to you. Um, my name is Emma Jane, I'm here with Ed Houck and today we're gonna to talk about why you want to become a builder of choice. What's in it for you, the builder? When you incorporate a builder of choice strategy. Um, before we begin, um, I just want to remind you guys that we are recording this. We're going to repost this on our website so you can watch it as a webinar. And um, we're starting a new thing where we're going to record, we're going to upload the recording, the audio recording, to Spotify. We have a new podcast called Be the Builder of Choice. So we'll be uploading the audio so you can listen to this while you're driving in your car or you're working in the field, whatever it is, um, the best way for you to listen to this information. Um, While we are doing the webinar today, please submit your questions anytime. We'll have some Q&A at the end. Um, It's always great to get questions from the audience and be able to um, expand what we're talking about today. Um, here's Ed. Um, Ed has been with us for years and years. He excels at helping builders reduce direct construction costs, streamline operations, and guide product design towards efficiency and cost control. His area of his areas of expertise include operational efficiency, purchasing, performance engineering, and design centers. He also is very passionate about builder of choice, um, and we'll be talking about that more, obviously. Um, I've been with Shin Consulting since um, 1999. Um working in the background, mostly um, helping to coordinate all of our seminars. And um, currently I work with our team to make sure that we have our seminars and um, our online university, our webinars, those kinds of things all uh, set up for you guys so you can continue to learn and grow. With that, we're gonna go ahead and get started. Um, we are super passionate about working with builders to help them become a builder of choice with their trade partners, employees, and customers. We've seen the impact of the Builder of Choice strategy on the organization and focusing on all three elements improves your relationships with the three segments. And in return, this will give you a competitive advantage in your marketplace. So Ed, if you're ready, we're going to go ahead and dive right in. Um, Let's start with this question. Can you please share a little bit about your experience with working with a company that followed the Shin method and became a builder of choice?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, first builder choice came to be real quick with Chuck working for a builder in Canada. And if, if you ever, when we walk into a room as builders, all the trades are on one side of the room or on the other side of the room. We walk in as consultants, we're kind of in the middle, but one of the, the, the uh, trades in the room talked to, to Chuck about all the builders that are in the room, who we had worked for and who we would not work for. I work for that builder, that builder, and that builder, and those builders over there. I don't want to work with. That was the start of the builder choice, and Chuck introduced this years ago. Um, in my old company, it kind of ties into everything we're doing here. I was a partner in, in a company outside of Philadelphia, and I left a little bit over ten years ago. And we were a smaller uh, builder in the market in Philadelphia. I think we have every almost every national in the world in, in the country here. Um, It's Toll Brothers Backyard, so we're trying to compete with all these big, uh, other large builders. And the only way to to compete, and we have a question from, you know, after this from um, a a builder, that the only way to compete is be the best. Systems, process, uh, communication, the best superintendents. Everything from top to bottom has to be the best. Um, On top of that, um, myself, I was very active um, in the local HBA. I'm a past president of the HBA. Um, and, and my wife always laughs, no matter where we go locally, I'll run into somebody I know. So the other thing is, you have to be the best. Systems, process, POs, all that has to be the best so you're easy to work for. Um, yesterday I was at an event, ran into a lumber guy that I hadn't seen in a long time. It reminded me of years ago that he tried, kept trying to get the work for us. He was one of the larger build, one of the larger lumber yards in town at the time. Uh, since been bought up by one of the many companies buying up other lumber, lumber companies. And John and I kind of sat there and laughed about the story that he tried to get my lumber contract for three years. And I was, I bid hard uh, every quarter, every month, whatever it might have been. And the largest lumber company in town should have been able to get my business. So we did an open book concept. The open book concept kind of proves the builder a choice. I said, John, you're continually eight points off, and you're the biggest lumber company in the region how can you be that odd how did you lose to a small mom and pop open book showed um trip charges he was he's already assuming hot loads he was already assuming returns he was already assuming all these things uh was assuming that i don't pay my bills on time so he was carrying one percent for bad debt that means it's the bpos never get paid and such so the current lumber companies that work for me knew that they could actually work for me for less and take those five to eight points out of the contract because I didn't need them. My old philosophy was if we have a hot load because if a framer makes a mistake, I'll pay you for it. A hot load is what I need. If I'm calling in today, I need it tomorrow morning. That's a hot load. You take one of them big trucks and make them drive a hot load to you, it's expensive. So we agreed that my framer would give them, my superintendents and framer would give them 48 hours notice which by the way, is a backhaul. It's, it's material in the top of a truck somewhere. So as John and I laughed about that, and he eventually got some of that work. But the bottom line is my company, we tried to make sure that our, all our jobs are efficient, on time, uh, the schedules were right, POs were right, quality was right, job ready, all that stuff. If a, if a trade can come in and do that, they can work for you for less than any other builder in the market. As we travel around, Um, One of the other consultants and I were were on a job uh, last week um, in Michigan. And I was amazed how clean their job sites were. Can you imagine if you're a trade and you're coming in before you can even start, you got clean, clean somebody else's stuff. Um, So the whole idea is when you're a builder choice, the trades want to work with you. In my past, being a past president, I was on, I was a chair of the Associates Council. The Associates Council, by the way, is all the associates uh, are the non-builders. They're the trades, the suppliers, the manufacturers. They all know who the good builders are. And you want them talking about you and giving you referrals. Emma Jane, does that make sense?
0: That makes total sense. It's That's how you become a builder of choice, right?
1: And, and by the way, you can't just say, hey, I just bought a builder of choice logo and put it on something. It doesn't work that way. If you mm-hmm. want to become builder of choice, the trades To give you that. We also have a program that when we had at the executive summit, uh, uh, several people that made Builder Choice last year. Um, So it's nothing you could just tell people, you have to earn it.
0: Exactly. Well, let's let's go back. You wrote an article recently um, for our newsletter, and it was just picked up in the daily news for a professional builder yesterday. Um, But you mentioned something called the Trident of Excellence in your article. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is and why it's important?
1: Yeah, so um, we talk about the tridents of excellence. Um, it's on the front cover of our superintendent um, uh, manual. And trident of excellence is really the three three key things to make sure that you're, you're doing everything possible to run a good operation. Think about trident of excellence is time, cost and quality. We teach the superintendents, that's the three most important things to them. So, uh, a su- superintendent who's focused on, purely on time Getting the schedule and beating the schedule, whatever it might be, is going to cost you more money. It's going to cost money in cost and potentially in quality. You know, so time is important, but it's not the only factor. Uh, cost, you know, um, is important. Um, I need—I uh, don't want to be jumping trades, moving trades around, switching trades, and not paying attention to what was actually bid and what's the best—the best cost. On top of that, if I'm running an efficient job and I am the builder of choice, cost is easy. People want to work for me, and they'll work for me for less. And the last piece of it is quality. I hear super tense, sometimes the super tense seminars like, well, my job is to get them done in X amount of days, and I, I could be, build houses faster than anybody else. Well, if you're not paying attention to quality, you're not going to be in business very long. Uh, I don't know if you heard this new thing called social media. Uh, it's, it's rather new, very, very innovative. <laughs> not, but anyway, um, buyers talk. They have their own Facebook page. I see builders say, well, we don't do a Facebook page because buyers talk. I get news for you. They talk. They don't, we don't have to set it up for them. They do it themselves. You know, I've seen uh, um, communities where they set their Facebook up page for a lot of good things, you know, events, that kind of thing. So if you have good quality, they're talking. If you have bad quality, they're talking more.
0: Mm -hmm, Exactly. So again, we're focusing on why you want to be a builder of choice. And these three things are really important because it affects your overall business as well. Um, Speaking on that, one of our builders uh, from Texas sent in this question. He said, with the introduction of America's two largest builders in their local market, how does a small production home builder compete with using the trident of excellence?
1: So Emma Jane sent me this last night. and I looked at it he says, hey, there's, there's one question on you might want to take a look at before the event. And I looked at it and I just smiled because it's a great question, by the way. Um, so this event I was at yesterday, I also ran into my, my HVAC, contract, HVAC contractor I've known for 30 years. Um, we've, we've done business together in my old company. He still does my work now. Um, I invested in him years ago to help him grow. And as we were sitting there chatting and I already had this question in mind, I, I said to him, "So, Rich, I'm doing this this um, this thing tomorrow about builder choice, you know, you know, being the best builder in the market." He looked. He looked at me. Says, "He says, Eddie, I've been doing this for 30 years. I'm very selective who I work for." He says, "Right now, with things slowing down, I'm I'm making a huge strategy shift to work for more of the private builders and get away from the publics. The publics are hard. By the way, and and to your question, it was a Texas builder. To your question, I'm I'm in the Philadelphia." Um, in my old company, we built 250 homes a year. In my current world, I have a business partner. Um, he'll probably build I don't know 30, 40, maybe 50 a year. I'll partner with him. Um, in years past, I've done up to 15 homes. How do I compete? How do I get my framer to want to work for me over somebody else? By the way, everything we just talked about is the reason why you need that relationship. And by the way, it's not just publics. If you're a smaller volume builder, I saw on here uh, some attendance. We have some builders that are smaller in volume. Say you're 10, 20, 50 homes a year, 100 homes a year. You might have somebody else in your market, maybe not a public who's doing 500 homes a year. Those larger companies, when there's change, they're horrible at change. We're much more nimble, okay? We, why I like working with smaller builders and why I like in my past being a smaller builder, we can implement, we can change our mind, but we can also make sure we're close to those relationships. So a lot of this is relationship-driven, by the way. So when the larger builders, come in, larger companies come into your market, now is the time to stay close to your trades, talk to them, get out. Um, the builder I was with last week um, on the other consultant side, uh, the two people from purchasing t- don't get out very much. You've got to get out. You've got to talk to the trades. You've got to have that relationship with them. One of the other th- tough things for a smaller volume builder, Chuck talked about the 80-20 rule. The 80-20 rule is I'll never give somebody 100% of my work. I'll, I'll give them 75 or 80 and then have somebody else have the rest. When you're very small, that's hard to do. In some markets, it's hard because they don't have the trades. But the bottom line is I want those relationships, okay? I want to talk to them. Um, in my old world, I would have lunch twice a week with a trade. I want to find out what we're doing, what's, what's going well, what's not going well. So to answer your question, you've got to get have strong relationships with your trades to out to out uh, um, relationship the publics the publics come on strong, mm-hmm. they have that smile on their face. They throw a bunch of numbers at them, you know. And guess what the publics did last year? So if you if you, everybody on here is a non-public, so I can pretty much speak. I would speak it well anyway. Come to think of it, um, <laughs> but last year, you know what they did? They sent all the trades a letter that they were taking five percent off. They were taking eight percent off. No warning. Okay you have the opportunity to go back to these trades and start talking to them, okay? Talk to them, a Couple three things, the tribe of excellence. What are you gonna to talk to them about? Right now is the time, last, the last 18 months, I think the most of our consulting was nothing but schedules. We were 200 day schedules, suppose you want 180, suppose you want 120, we should be 100. We were a, about double the schedules. So now's the time to go back to trades. Um, couple weeks ago I was in, in my partner's office we actually had a framer walk in looking for work it's happening so do you know how a framer looks at his schedule and cash flow he looks down the street it's not very sophisticated they look for foundations that's cash flow to, to a, a framer framers are looking okay that the market is not where it was a couple years ago it slowed down a little bit so now is the time to start thinking about how to get the time back as we're talking with, with the builder uh, two weeks ago another one, one of our other consultants Kim and I we're working with the builder and now's the time to go start talking about how many, how many people are on a crew. What a couple of years ago, we kind of lost track. Well, yeah, I've got, I've got trades on site. I was working with a builder two years ago. you got one plumber here, one plumber there, one plumber there. All they did is spread out. So I start thinking about is how do I get them to start looking at time? The faster you, they build for you, the more money they make up for themselves. <laughs> the builder in Florida, we spread it to the plumbers out. I said, you just killed your cash flow. We did is we talked to them about putting two-man crews together and looked at it. And then that kind of right-sized his business, which in turn helped the builder get faster. So I want to start, I want to grind on them on the time. What's the crew size? Working with some of the builders now, if it's if you're a larger volume builder, what crews are you dedicating to me? Okay. I always want to know what crews were on the contract. Okay. I want to know crew size. I don't know the foreman of the crew. I need to know as much about that as possible. And and having at the event last night with my HVAC contractor, we were talking about, I haven't seen some of the crews because I have have different crews now that he sends me. We talked about all his crews. Some of his crews been with him for 30 years. If I have a a crew that's been with a a, a contractor longer, do I get better quality? All day long. At that same little dinner discussion last night, electrician told me he hired a bunch of um, new electricians, bringing them on, which was great to hear. But in the process of bringing these young guys along, they're not skilled. He was complaining that one of his young guys drove right through um, a trust. Okay, drawing through a trust, you know how much that cost the builder? So I want to make sure they understand the value of time. Emma Jane, questions on time?
0: Um, I don't have any, que- I, the question I have is, you know, re- really focusing on time and you're talking about it. How does the, becoming a builder of choice truly impact your cycle time? And it's coming from the whole, like the whole big picture, not only with trades, but what is that, what is that impacting on the inside? If you're focusing on, on managing to be a builder of choice with the idea of focusing on cycle time, what does that do to your, your organization?
1: So we were with a builder a couple of weeks ago and soft cycle was too long. Build time was too long. So essentially, they're, they're a nine-month total build time, and we put a plan in place to get down to a six-month build time. By the way, that just cut all the cost of carry by a third, literally a third less. You know, your your field costs are a third, okay? Your your and your a cost is a third. And we're going to talk about this at the end. We have Jim and I are going to do a segment on the cost of money. Your cost of money, in most cases, has at least doubled, okay? So your cost of money has doubled and my build times cost a third more. That kills the, the company. So we hear a lot about that. By the way, it's the cost for the builder. And right now, with margins struggling to stay stay where they're at, you know, we're getting some of the cost back. The last thing I need to do is not paying attention to the cost of, of cost of carry and the cost of the operation. So that's a huge component. And by the way, when I'm working with the trades, I mentioned before how working with the trades is if I can get that cycle time to go faster for them, we'll all make out better.
0: Absolutely. And you mentioned cash flow too, as it being a very important factor of this. So making sure that you have the cash to continue running your organization smoothly helps tremendously when you're focusing on um, uh, focusing on uh, cycle time.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we sit there and talk about this. If you if you took your schedule think about it if you're using an integrated system and you have a schedule that's tied to your, your job cost accounting that schedule is literally a 2D schedule it has time for the trades and also shows you the cash needs when those schedules get long you're just drawing out cash cash out crazy um, so think about it if i can get those that that time down i'm i'm using less interest Right now, as you're burning up time and extending it, you're also burning up your capital. Okay, as new jobs are coming on, and I got, and I'm, I'm extended, my bank might be cutting me off because I'm using up too much capital. It's all on the street, so time is. That's why it's time. The time is the first one because time is huge, and I think most times, I don't think builders understand the cost of time.
0: Absolutely. Well, that leads us into the next section we're going to talk about. And I do have a question that I'm going to add on to that um, that's related to costs and your relationship, particularly with the trade, your trade partners. Um, But cost is a major consideration when building homes. Obviously, your direct construction costs can range from what we would like to see at 50 percent, but we've seen as much as 70 percent or higher for of the purchase price of a home. When you focus on a builder of choice strategy, how does that impact your costs and what impact does that have on the overall business?
1: Um, So to Emma Jane's point, say you're lucky enough to be working at our desired number, 50%. So one cost category or directs controls all your profit, okay? Um, We see builders a lot of times recently, uh, 58, 60%, you know, means you're anywhere from five to 10 points off. A lot of it is um, over the last couple of years, a lot of, a lot of things, you know, I was working with a, a, a young purchasing manager a couple of weeks ago, purchasing manager has been in the business for four years, almost his entire career, his negotiating strategy was please how much and when, okay? That's a bad negotiating strategy, by the way. Right now, if you ha- you are the builder of choice, the trades know how you operate, know that they can show up, know that they can plan on it, okay? You're gold to them. They'll work for you for a whole lot less money than somebody else. Two years ago, I did a, um, um, a um, at the H- IBS show in, I forget where we were, Florida or, or Vegas, wherever it was. And as a three person panel. The one was an electrician. It was the largest electrician I've ever met with 6,000 homes a year. Um, his cost structure, what he shared with me, was all over the place. So if you're the builder of choice, he's literally 10% less in some cases, sometimes more than somebody who's not. When you're one of that bad disorganized builder, your POs are wrong, your schedules are wrong, your job sites are bad. They show up to work and it's a dirty site. The electrician shows up, the plumber and the HVAC are are still in there. It's hard to work. So these trades know who the builder of choice are and they can actually help you lower, lower your costs. In my own world, I had a very good rapport with all my trades. As we we're bringing on product line, Emma Jane mentioned I do a lot of product development. I would share with my key trades, my my trade partners, you know, the plans early on. Get ideas from them. They have a lot of great ideas. You just got to ask them. Now, if you're not the builder of choice, um, or you want, or be one of those large volume builders that pounds all the trades, they just they don't want to hear from you. So once you're that builder of choice, you and you have that clean operation. And when you get together, you're not fixing problems, you're making things better all the time. Make it faster. Can, can, can on this large house, if I'm doing a 3,500 square foot house and I've got two plumbers in there for three days, at, on the third day, they're, all, they're not in the way for the HVAC guy. My HVAC guy's more than welcome to come on and jump in. By the way, that was their idea. So between the three mechanical trades, I saved three days, doesn't sound like much, but you think about it, that's a hundred-day house, that's three percent. That's one little change. So mm-hmm. they could they're very helpful in, in helping finding cost savings.
0: Absolutely. And currently with the issues with interest rates and people trying to figure out how to make mortgage payments and all that good stuff. Being a focused on this really impacts how you are presented to your customer as well, correct?
1: Absolutely. So what's happened, the effect of the cost on, on a house is Interest rates have, uh, from wherever they start to wherever they are today, is on average about 25% more um, to the buyer. Uh, we've worked with a lot of builders to realign product line, um, go through their existing product line, try to get the cost down. Um, a lot of the builders are doing mortgage mortgage rate buy-downs, which, by the way, which is awesome, now your your customer's coming in. Where did that 30 grand come from? That's what it costs in some cases for a $500,000 house to get a buy-down. It's in between 25 and 30 grand. Where'd that come from? Came off your bottom line. So the the pressure on cost, uh, we had a three years, almost three years of cost increases. And if you're not working with your trades to get that cost back, you're just sitting on, they're sitting on your money. So the best trades are coming back to you with some cost savings. Uh, Hey, this material has gone down. Let me readjust that number um I talked to a few a few uh, builders recently that the trades are calling them up and and offering a price adjustment on their existing POs because costs went down okay mm-hmm. think about it there's a lot of volatility and a lot of things but because the interest rate and the cost is literally half of every sale price it's very important to watch watch those costs
0: absolutely and the reason why those trade partners are coming back to you is because you are a builder of choice correct they have a relationship with you where they want to help have a good partnership to build a good product at a good price, correct?
1: Absolutely. You know, We were with a builder a couple of weeks ago and uh, talked about the last downturn back in whatever it was, depending where you were, 08, 09 area. Uh, we met with our trades and we decided we had to realign our product line, which is not any different than we're doing right now. You realign that product line, get some prices in, and it's a, it's a very complex task. But what we did is we realigned that product line. Everybody made money. And our, our thing was we still want to at least start 50 to 60 homes per quarter. And by realigning, we just kept moving, kept churning, redesigned some product, um, revamped some. There's two different things. One is taking your current product and getting the excess out, the performance engineering. Um, a lot of times when we walk houses, I look around and go like, I bet your marketing team is never going to sell more houses with that, that oversized power lamp. Nobody ever sells it by my power lamp is bigger than your power lamp. Um, I saw one here. There's somebody in sales and marketing. If, um, if you, if that sales and marketing person has ever sold a house by having oversized beams, let me know because you'll be the first. <laughs> so your, your trades are usually the first ones that are going to help you get those costs down. Okay. Um, again, reach out to them, partner with them um, the, the builder in Texas, you know, I want to keep those relationships and make sure that I'm getting my my, my trades and not that there's two large pullers coming into your market.
0: Absolutely. Well, we do have a a question from the audience today, and it's um, it's kind of a little bit about quality. So we're moving into quality um and cost, uh, and it's about back charging, Which you and I had a discussion about this. I was talking to a young kid who just graduated from college and is. This is not the question, but he is working for a builder who is doing a whole lot of back charging and just for the sake of back charging with no communication with the builder, with the, with the trade partner. So this is kind of a touchy subject. I know you've, you've got some strong feelings about it, but every once in a while, this does come up. And when you're wanting to become a builder of choice, you need to be very conscientious about how you use this, um. How, how you use back charging? So the question is: Do you have any advice when back charging without making it combative? If I have verifiable evidence that can show someone missed a step, what is a piece of advice that can help me address it without beating them down over a mistake?
1: Very good question. Um, by the way, beating somebody down uh, is is and beating somebody up is never step one. That's like the last step. And by the time I get to that step, that usually means they're on their way out. Okay. So depending on what it is, I mean, I'm going to pick one, of dry for real quick that, you know, had this problem with dry war a couple of years ago. And I've known the guy for a long time and he had one hanging crew that were just, they weren't the cleanest in town. Let's just say that um, the first shot, the first round was a conversation uh, about the, the problem. And I said, next time. Um, I, I, will, I will sh- share the burden of cost to you because I'm not tolerating this. So myself and the contractor, the trade contractor, the very next house we started, I was having be home, wasn't on the road, showed up and we had that conversation problem diverted. Okay. Never had to tell them again. I will use back charges when absolutely necessary. I'd rather be proactive to eliminate the back charges and work with them. The classic thing between drywallers and 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 electricians is burying their their outlets, burying these things, and then you know the electrician's got to go back in. I want to go show them the awareness, no matter what it might be. Um, I had a framer years ago; he's drive me nuts. Loved him, loved him to death. He drove me nuts. It's one of those love hate relationships with all trades. This this framer was notorious for cutting up that parallel, that twenty two foot parallelum that's over goes over top the garage, cut it up in these little headers. And then all the little headers are stacked over there on the siding. Is then he would say, "Oh, I don't see them." Well, I need this parallel them tomorrow. Otherwise, I'm going to have to. Uh, I won't be working tomorrow morning. I said, "Well, you got a problem." So here's your choice. Most of these problems, if I show them the cause and effect, and get out of back charges. And if I if I have someone who's just isn't learning, and I have to back charge, that's my last resort. I'm going to tell them up up front. I'm going to call the owner first and tell them, by the way, you know what the owner does? First of all, he's mad because you just took money out of his paycheck. Imagine opening your paycheck up and your boss took money out because you took a, took a long lunch break. That wouldn't go over very well, What would it? But what happens is the owner usually finds out the crew, goes back and talks to the crew, and, that, and then I want to at least get that problem. If you're going to backcharge somebody, never do it without talking to them. I had a problem years ago where a painter – had an absolute mistake. I mean, it was a, he. He messed up. He literally knocked the five-gallon bucket down oak spiral stairs. Okay, um, all hands on deck. Clean them, whatever. And in in, in that process, we realized we trashed the oak steps. We had to get them fixed. By the way, I worked with him. All the trades work with him. Mm-hmm. The the guy who did the steps repla- replaced the steps on the cheap. And I had a back charge him, but I did it over the series of a series of a couple of months, so I didn't kill him. So instead of getting him mad at me, he thanked me for not killing him on a back charge all at once, and he thanked all the trades for helping him. All these trades that came together, and some most of the trades didn't even didn't put a number in. That is that not the first step on becoming builder choice? I didn't kill the small volume painter. If I'd have hit him up with a three thousand dollar back charge at one time. I could have put him out of business or at least he wasn't paying his guys that week. So put a strategy in place to be proactive. And if I got somebody who's just not listening, I had um, somebody who won't clean up after themselves. Sooner or later it's it's gonna become a cost of doing business. But if you don't talk to them, you're never gonna fix it. So talk to them.
0: Absolutely. And again, it comes down to making sure you have good relationships and really keeping your trade partners as partners. Absolutely. Um,
1: the communication is key there.
0: So the final question I have for you for today, and then please, you guys, if you're on here to, live with us today, feel free to ask any questions. Um, but the final one I want to talk about is quality because we were, we're talking about the three parts of yep. the Trident. So quality is essential to meet customer expectations and maintain a strong reputation. How do builders use a builder of choice strategy to
1: improve quality,
0: And how does this help them stand out against their competition and attract more
1: buyers? Well, I've always been an advocate of building right the first time. I want the best quality. I want the trades of the best quality. We're advocates of checklists. We have a company we work with, a little shameless plug called FTQ 360. It's an awesome app based quality checklist. I can't imagine, um, at some point, not having a quality checklist at certain points. My background was way back when I was a framer, so I'm really tough on framers. And don't wait till they're done. Walk through all the time. Be aware. One builder that um, that is in multiple markets and Kim and I were doing a lot of work with. I was impressed. His superintendents were out. I spent three days in that market watching superintendents that are always out. Have a tape measure. Have a level. Checking things. Um, and I got to teach my guys to be consistent quality across the whole operation. So I'm passionate about quality. Um, trying to get those, if you have, you start really focusing on quality, making sure that house is delivered, um, to like a zero defect house. Every single time you you deliver a zero defect house, think about it. I do my, I do everything, uh, check the house. I go through orientation and I have no, no items on, on, on my orientation. By the way, if I have no items on my orientation, do I have a 30-day list? But the answer is probably not. If I had no items on my, on my orientation, none of my 30-day list, do I have anything at an end of your list if you do this? Probably not. So think of the cost of that, how much money, how much effort you saved. Now let's just take that spin over to the buyer side. First of all, that buyer who had a zero defect orientation. Do you think they're going around all their friends bragging? You're, down, you're darn right they are. Hey, I don't know what your problem is. You builder, you had a three-page checklist. Wow, we did, I, we're pretty happy. My superintendent, we walked the house in two hours. He showed me how to work the house. We didn't have any items on there. By the way, when that person has a referral to somebody else, their friend, their family, the cousin, neighbor, whatever, that's 2.5% of sale price in, a, in what it cost you if you were using a real an outsourced realtor. Um, don't get me wrong. I like realtors, but I like referrals a little bit more. So let's think about that. Right now, I just talked to a couple of builders in the last six weeks. We're in, in the doldrums of summer. Um, I think from what I've been hearing, summer vacations, people taking off are probably the highest they've been since pre-COVID. So what I've been hearing is, and we do have a couple of salespeople on here, what I've been hearing is the numbers have been pretty dismal you know, through the summer. Right now, quality. I, I need all those referrals. I need everybody. Years ago, there was a book about raving fans. I remember reading it. But think about it, Um, I need everybody to be a raving fan because I need every deal, every referral that I can get right now. So quality is gonna drive that. Now, if I bust my butt to get that house perfect, but I'm still three months late, so that's where the time comes into, okay? So that's why we tie these things and call it the Trident of Excellence. So quality's gotta be a huge focus uh, for the operation.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. One, and and you think about all of the things that we've talked about today, um, time, cost, quality, and it's about the relationships. It's about the discipline of doing things right the first time. It's about setting up your processes and systems right the first time so that everybody works in an organization that, that everything is flowing from beginning to end exactly how it's supposed to go. It requires what Emma always says: discipline, 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 and um, really focusing on these uh, these few elements really makes a big difference in how you stand out against the competition in your market.
1: Absolutely, um, and your mom is absolutely right. I mean, the builders that have the discipline to hold trades accountable, walk every house. So we, we, were, t- we we're doing. It's the thing one schedules uh, a lot in the last 18 months. First thing I ask it as a work walk with the superintendent, walking around, not paying attention to everything. You have to have the discipline to walk every house. My thing has always been walk every house twice a day, every house, every room twice a day. The other thing, if you want to talk about discipline, make sure your trades have a full crew. So I'll challenge all the folks to hear, and then on the purchasing and operations side, In your scopes of work, in your contract, do you require or have in there anywhere, how big is the crew size? By the way, crew size matters. What's the first thing that, so back to school is is going on, all you folks to have little kids going back to school. First graders, what's the first thing the teacher does in first grade? They take roll call. Our superintendents are running a 12 to $20 million operation. They don't know who the heck's on site. Makes no sense at all. The two things that drive me nuts is a superintendent walks the site, doesn't know who's on there, or they drop a $50,000 lumber package and don't count it. The two dumbest things a superintendent can do, okay? So Emma Jane always loves all my little flashcards. No discipline. No <laughs> systems. I've been using these two pieces of paper for what now? I'm Jane, what, two years now? Yes. <laughs>
0: So we want Zero to make processes. sure we have lots of discipline and you have systems yes. and processes and procedures in place that keep your people organized, on task, moving towards the direction. So begin with, I love this, I love this statement, begin with the end in mind, figure out what you want your customer, how you want your customers to think about you, what is your product, how are you going to go through those processes and and start with that, what you, what you want to end up with and work your way through to that. And um, we're going to have so many different discussions over the next several months um, about other topics, other ways to understand how builder of choice is important. Um, we actually have one coming up in a few weeks where we've invited a guest speaker to join us, um, Keith Snyder. He is work. He works with a um, a software program for the trades. So it'll be interesting to have his perspective come in and talk to us about working with existing and new trades to right size costs. So we're excited about that one. Um, And we have two other webinars.
1: Let me me interrupt on that. Yeah. So Emma Jane and I met and talked with Keith. Keith has written a software for our trades that is like, probably sounds better than most of the job cost systems we have. <laughs> Can you imagine going back to a trade and want to do an open book and like what's the cost of that little widget? Keith has that ability. So um, I'm, we're looking forward to start doing some work with them because most of the time our trades don't know the cost. Well, they bought business in the warehouse. How much does that cost? The HVAC guy I was with last night at an event, I mentioned to him and he kind of his ears rose up because they don't have good transparency to the cost. So yeah. anyway. Oh yeah,
0: we're really, we're really excited about that. Um, just to be able to have some other perspective and, and it's just, it's going to be a really great program. Um, but like Ed said, we're going to be talking, we'll have Jim on here with us. We'll, we're talking about getting Carol Smith on here with us for a builder of choice series. Um, obviously Chuck and Emma have been here in the background listening in. So (laughs) they, they've kind of led Ed and I on a, on a loose leash today to talk about Builder of Choice, which they are both extremely passionate about. Um, but we want to invite you to come back. Um, you,
1: don't need, you don't. You guys don't need a leash. <laughs> You're doing a great job.
0: Oh, thank you, Chuck. Um, yeah. We'll, that's we'll, a have,
1: that's a record, Chuck. Forty-one minutes with not, without without interruption. Don't. I won't even it. charge. I won't charge you a dollar. We'll we'll, we'll talk about that later. All right. <laughs>
0: Oh, well, thank you, guys. I want to invite you to come back to our webinar Wednesday. Next week, we're going to be with Roland Narcy with New Home Sales Plus. He's going to be talking about, are you a sales leader or a follower? Um, We're going to have Mike Moxley from Threadcore talking about technology. Um, He wants to talk about protect your company intelligence from walking out the door. using your technology the right way so that your one person who knows all the stuff doesn't leave and take all the stuff with you. And then you're left holding the bag going, I'm not sure where everything is. So that'll be an interesting presentation as well. So feel free to join us. Um, And then on September 21st, this is going to be a Thursday presentation. It's a special edition um, because we wanted to make sure we got in as many builder of choice series as possible. Um, And with our September schedule with um, seminars and builder group meetings, We had to squeeze this one in on a Thursday. So join us Thursday, September 21st um, for our special edition, working with existing and new trade partners to right size costs. Um, don't forget we have all kinds of great services that we can offer to help you um, accomplish your goal of becoming a builder of choice. We have our training on live and um, on demand, webinars, all of that kind of stuff that you're looking for. We can offer private sessions with you as well with our consultants, Jim, Ed, and Kim are fabulous. They are they love diving in with you to help you find um, where what the core problem is and how to find a solution to solve those problems. Um, And also I love to talk about builder groups. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, We do have a builder group that's starting up for the first time um, for kind of our smaller builders that are looking to grow, that's coming up in September, but we're gonna have a new builder group starting in the spring. This is a builder group for builders who are building 150 homes on average a a year and looking to expand to over 200 homes. Um, so if that's something that you're interested in, you're looking at getting into a builder group, really diving down and, and, and wanting to focus on improving yourself and your organization, I call it a support group for builders. Um, and we have some, several of our builders are on the call today are from one of our builder groups. Um, they would, I I hope they would say that it's one of the best things they do twice a year. They get together and they really push each other throughout the whole year. I get involved in, I, I see all their emails going back and forth trying to ask questions, solve problems, whatever it is, but they become a really close knit group. So if that's something you're looking for, contact me directly and I'll see if I have a spot for you in one of our two builder groups. That are open. Um, also don't forget we have our in-person seminars coming up. Um, Chuck and Emma are super excited about this. We're going to be in New Orleans. It's one of their favorite places to visit. We have superintendent, frontline manager October 5th through the 7th, and Managing for Profit. That is our that's that everybody needs to attend Managing for Profit. It is definitely where you learn and really get to understand the philosophy behind Builder of Choice, understand the philosophy of all of our classes. Everything that is taught in Managing for Profit is also sprinkled throughout all of our other classes. So you as a leader and owner of your organization, you really want to make sure you get there so you can start getting yourself ready and prepared to become a Builder of Choice. Um, We also have production management here in Denver. We get our guest speaker from the University of Denver. Um, He's fabulous, Doug Allen. That will be November 8th through the 10th. It's still a beautiful time of year here in Colorado. Um, So we hope you'll visit us for that one as well. Um, And you can get to all of these, register for these online at builderpartnerships.com forward slash events. And of course, we have our rebate program, incentive programs. We we work with several different manufacturers and service providers. Um, contact us directly or visit our website to get more information on that and check out the different companies that we work for. This is another way to help combat costs and to improve relationships because one of the things that we're very passionate about here at SHIN Consulting and Builder Partnerships is relationships. And so we work with you to help you maintain a good relationship beyond just your supplier and straight to the source. Um, And then, of course, our consulting team. I did mention that before. Ed Ed Houck is our senior, one of our senior consultants, as as is Jim Weigel. Um, They have been working in the industry for years and years and years and been part of our organization for a long time and following the Shin Method. And we have our newer consultant, Kim Dixon, who's been working with us and um, we've gotten great feedback from the builders that she's been working with that they've enjoyed um, spending time with her and having her work directly, particularly in the purchasing and estimating department. So if you're looking for a little bit of coaching in that area, let us know.
1: By the way, I just got a text for, from Whitney. Whitney, congratulations, 40 years in the business. And, and uh, which just said "It um, the triumph of excellence was spot on. So nice to hear from you, Whitney.
0: Oh, thank you. Oh, that's great news. Thank you, Ed. (laughs) Well, with that, I want to thank all of you for coming and spending the time with us this morning. If you're listening to us, oh, uh, real quickly, Ed, we're going to talk about the podcast. Um, If you're listening to us live here today, please, we're just getting this started. It's called Be the Builder of Choice on Spotify. Um, We're going to take all of our webinars, particularly the Builder of Choice series, and upload the... um, audio files to that. But Ed, I, you wanted to share, talk a little bit real so, quickly about that.
1: So it's good timing because a guy like Whitney's been around for 40 years, um, may not be a Spotify person. So as Emma Jane and I talked about this and trying to transition this, I started downloading, uploading, however you want, whatever that, that thing is, loading them onto my phone and listening to podcasts to learn about podcast style. What I found out about that is I have tons of them on my phone, and when I'm driving, I'll have a podcast on. So that's not downtime anymore. I do a lot of driving. Um, I had I had two trips in August. Both of them, I had podcasts loaded on and listened to different podcasts. I listened to some builder podcasts. Uh, Kim Dixon is trying to get me to learn to fly fish. And I'm a saltwater person, and I can't fly fish. So I've been listening to all kinds of different things. Uh, anybody else here who rides a motorcycle, I rode from Philadelphia to Milwaukee. And most of the way out and most of the way back, I start listening to podcasts. So um, it's real easy. And what we thought about is these series. This one's about 45 minutes. Some will be shorter. Some will be longer. This is a pretty beefy one. But we're going to start doing this in pod, podcast style. And you know, I, you can't always log on and watch the video, whatever. And by the way, when it's a video, it means Emma Jane makes me get dressed up and, be, and look nice on, on, on video. This is as good as it gets, by the way, but what I really liked about the podcast is you can listen to them anywhere. Mm -hmm. So now I'm kind of on this like newly addicted podcast freak.
0: Yeah. And, and the benefit is we can have this live for you here. Um, You guys can participate as we record. We love having a live audience. We love getting your questions and it also gives you the opportunity to share this with your team and have them listen to it because a lot of times it's hard to sit and watch a video, but you know. If you're cleaning the house or mowing the lawn or driving your car or whatever, you can listen to this at any time. So we wanted to offer this to you in different formats so you guys can take advantage of the learning anytime you want. So
1: so I think my guest, my next guest might be Whitney, by the way. He's gonna die at that one, but
0: <laughs> yeah, we did talk about that. We wanted to bring some builders on yeah. to be our guest during our builder of choice series. So again, um on Spotify, the name of the The podcast is called Be the Builder of Choice. So we'd love to have you um, take a listen. Obviously, right now, we're only going to have the one up there, but we'll be putting them up there as we get material to, um, and we do our webinars. So keep your eyes out. And we look forward to seeing you guys at the next one. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a great day.
1: Thank you, everybody. Hey, Whitney, congratulations on 40 years.
0: Oh, wait, we have a question. Oh, thank you. Oh, 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 thank you, Ed and Emma. Thank you. Thank you, Connor, for joining again. (laughs) all righty have a great day bye-bye
1: see you see everybody